Well, good morning, church. Uh, I just want you all to know that it's a rule now that when taking offering, no one can say a word, okay? Just, it has to be absolutely silent. There is to be no talking during offering. Um, hopefully you find that just slightly funny with me. I was sitting up here going, it is really quiet in here. What is going to be gained by all of your work? I mean, at the end of the day, when you have worked your fingers to the bone for years, like, what is the ending going to be like? What will you have gained? What will you have gathered? It's this question about life. And it's reality that we really, if we stop and think about it, face all the time. Now, now the good news is, uh, there's an author of Scripture who writes an entire book about life's realities. And so he answers for us this morning this question. What will we gain? from all of our work. Join me in Ecclesiastes. It's in the Old Testament. Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. And if you don't have a Bible, please reach out and grab one from the pew in front of you. Uh, page 461, if you're keeping tabs on the page number. The book of Ecclesiastes. Now, some say that Solomon wrote this. Other people say that uh, it probably wasn't Solomon, that it was some other king of David's line. But whoever it is, uh, they want to talk about the realities of life. And, and they just really hit us in the mouth almost immediately about how short life is. And they ask this incredible question in chapter 1, what, what do we gain by all the labor, all the work, that we happen to do. I'm just going to begin right there in verse 1 of chapter 1 in Ecclesiastes. The word of the teacher, maybe the preacher, son of David, king in Jerusalem. Meaningless. Meaningless, says the teacher. Utterly meaningless. Starts off in a real positive, very friendly note. Everything. Meaningless. And here's the question. Uh, what does man gain from all of his labor at which he toils under the sun? What do we gain? Now, generations come and generations go, but the earth remains forever. The sun rises and it sets and it hurries back to where it rises again. The wind blows to the south and turns to the north. And round and round it goes, ever returning on its course. All the streams flow into the sea. But the sea is never filled up, never full. 
to the place the streams come from, there they return again. All things are wearisome. More than one can say, the eye never has enough of seeing, nor the ear it's fill of hearing. What has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which one can say, look, look, it's new. It was already here long ago. It was here before our time. There is no remembrance of men of old, and even those who are yet to come will not be remembered by those who follow. It's a really uplifting piece of Scripture. And it's led out by this question, what does man gain from all his labor at which he toils under the sun? What do we gain? Now, there's, there's two items that I just want to clarify right off the top. If you begin to read through Ecclesiastes as we go through it over the next several weeks, you're going to notice this, this word pop up over and over again, meaningless, 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 meaningless. It's, it's vanity, maybe, in your translation. Now, the author of Ecclesiastes is not saying that life is without meaning. That's not what he's saying. What he is saying, however, is that Life is short. Uh, this particular word that's translated, at least in the NIV, of meaningless is really this idea of fleeting. It's short. It's short-lived. It's like a puff of air. It's like a, a match that's, that's lit for a moment and, and the smoke goes out. It's like a candle that's blown out on a birthday cake. It's there, and then it's gone. It's like in the morning if you have some spray deodorant like I do. You spray it on, and you smell it for a while, and then halfway through the day, you wish you had a little more. It's fleeting. He's saying it's meaningless. It's a puff of smoke. It's here, and then it's gone. Now, the second item I want to clarify as we begin is this idea in the question, uh, what does a man gain? This idea of gaining isn't just about I go to work and I get paid. It's not just about uh, I get equal reward for the time that I put in. That's, that's not just what he's saying. He's really saying this idea of gain is a, is a commercial idea uh, that is saying what will I surplus if everything is the ideal that I want it to be? If I get the life that I desperately want, if I get the ideal life, and I gain in surplus, that I can manipulate, and then I can move around however I want, will I get to control my life? The idea of gain is this idea of controlling a surplus in my life. And if I have the most ideal life, if I work hard enough to gain the surplus, then I can control whatever comes next. What does a man gain? What does he manipulate? What does he control? How many of you would love to be a hero? Yeah, some of you are honest. 
I would love to be a hero, right? A couple of years ago, we went down to Disneyland, and there are heroes everywhere, actually. Do you know that if you just dress up like a hero, people will stand in line to get your autograph? Are you aware of that? Like, people want to be like you. Your, your face, if you are a hero, your face is on every poster everywhere. And people are like, I want to be like them. I want to walk like them. I want to talk like them. I want to be fit like them. And it's pretty cool to be the hero. Like, you're standing on the top of the hill looking down on everybody else because they want to be like you. To be the hero is a pretty cool thing. Now, some of you are like, I, I could care less about uh, dressing up in tight pants and watching everybody else want my autograph or a photo. But, but maybe, maybe what you would love is to walk in tomorrow morning at the place where you work and your face is prominently displayed, employee of the year, and it's bronzed, right? Like it is there permanently. Like, like you are always the one that other people are going to be looking to in your place of business. As far as everybody else is concerned, where you work, you are the hero. When something needs done, you're the person that they're going to go to. And you are, you are like Superman. You're just going to go, oh, I can take care of this, right? I mean, wouldn't that be great? Uh, wouldn't it be great to, to gain so much? Maybe, maybe you're in high school. Maybe you're a student. And, and, and you desperately, desperately want other people to recognize you. Uh, you want to be the hero. Maybe you want to be uh, the cheerleader. I don't know. Maybe it's the quarterback, right? Uh, maybe it's the person that other people talk about regularly. You want to be that person, you want to gain all of it. Uh, maybe you want other people to write books about you. You want them to remember you. Uh, you, you want to, 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 to just put your imprint upon all of the world. Uh, maybe you want more uh, social network followers than anybody else. Uh, maybe on Facebook, you just want to know that other people are following you more than, more than they're following someone else. Maybe you want more likes on something that you post than anybody else. Uh, maybe you want people hashtagging your name right all over the Twitterverse. If you don't know what Twitterverse is, that's okay. Right? We probably, all of us, in some way, some shape or form, want to gain hero status. We want to have this surplus and go, hey, if I could just get there, if I could just be employee of the month, if I could just be the most popular kid in school, if I could just be the best at what I am, if I could just have a book written about me, if I could just have a book that I write that everybody reads, if I could just be on the internet, if I could just be the best neighbor on my block, whatever it is. If we could just gain enough, maybe, then maybe, we'll have enough surplus to be able to control our own end. Now, maybe it's not a hero. Maybe it's a king. Anybody want to be king? Right? 
The person writing this is a king. It says right up front, son of David, king in Jerusalem, right? Who wants to be king? Who, who would like to know that wherever you go, you're in charge? You're like, I don't want that responsibility. What if, what if you could just make people do whatever it is that you wanted? You would never have to drive anywhere again. Does that sound good to anybody? Like chauffeur. You would never have to buy an airline ticket ever again. All you would have to do is hop on your chartered jet and fly there. You could be king. You would walk in tomorrow morning at your place of work and you would be the boss. And you could decide at two in the afternoon that it's nap time. And it's okay. You know why? Because you're the boss. You're the king. You get to make the rules. And if you don't like the rules where you are, you're still the king. You can go and be king anywhere. And so you decide, I'm not going to work here. I'm going to work over there. And I'm going to make it better than it was over here. And I'm going to make the rules how I want the rules. That would be great. You can stand on the very top, the very pinnacle of life. You have gained everything that you could possibly imagine to gain. And I think some of us, maybe, maybe all of us, if we're honest with ourselves, there's something about us that, that really would love to be king. Are there any athletes out there? Okay, I'm the only one. All right, I'll speak to myself. Okay, I would love, love it. Once in a while, I run marathons. It hurts way more now than it used to. I would love to be king of one marathon. Right? I would love it. It would be so amazing. Like, I could get, like, sponsorships and stuff. It would only take one. Hey, I won Boston Marathon. Look. I can get sponsorships. How many of you would be like, it's fishing for you, right? Bass fishing. I'm going to go and be the king of fishing. And I'm going to get sponsorships, and I'm going to get a boat, and it's going to be amazing. And I'm going to go, and I'm going to be the king of that. I want to be the king of football. I want to be the king of politics. I want to be the king of my business. I want surplus that I can control, and maybe, just maybe, I get to control. I get to manipulate my ending. Now, let's say that you're there. Are you there? You're the king, you're the hero. What is it that we gain? What is it that we have at our disposal? Well, the text tells us. It's right there in verse 2. It's unfortunate, isn't it? Verse 2, meaningless. Meaningless. Utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. All the gain, all the king, all the hero status, all the faces on the posters, all the charter planes, all the, 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 the areas where other people have to bow down before you. Here, here's what he says it is. It's a match. And it's lit for a while. And it's blown out. And eventually you will cool to the point 
that there's nothing left. What will you gain? Even if you had all the power, even if you were the hero, the answer is rather shocking, isn't it? It's a puff of smoke. The writer of Ecclesiastes is going to point us in the direction of nature and he's going to say, hey, look, nothing changes. Everything is as it was before. Uh, Everything is changing, but nothing is new. Have you ever noticed how what is old is new again? All we have to do is look like skip one generation and see what they were wearing one generation ago. And go, oh yeah, that's cool. What is old is new again. And, and the author of Ecclesiastes is, is, is saying, uh, by saying, look, all that you wish to gain is, is meaningless it, it, so that we can know this. No one. No one. Not you, not me, not the king of the universe. Well, the king of the universe is God. But no king, no hero, no superpower, no billionaire, nobody gets to manipulate their own ending. Nobody gets that kind of control. Everything is in this cycle and it's not changing. Notice what he says about nature. He says, What is man next to nature? Look at verse 4. Generations come and generations go, but the earth remains forever. Hey, listen. The universe was here before you and I got here. And unless God intervenes by bringing Jesus back, it's going to be here after we're gone. He says in verse 5, the sun rises and the sun sets and it hurries back to where it rises again. Now, how many of you think, just a show of hands really quick, how many of you think that if we did not have a sun, if the sun decided to do something new, uh, like uh, just, just decide on its own somehow uh, to go out of our solar system, that we might be in trouble? Yeah. We have this cosmic great power in the universe, uh, the sun. It heats, it warms, it does all sorts of really wonderful things. It gives us the seasons as we rotate around the sun, and yet the sun, as powerful as it is, goes back to where it started. It's not new, it's old. Verse 6, the wind blows to the south and it turns to the north. Round and round it goes, every turning on its course. We can't control the wind. The wind does what it always does. It, it, it blows. If you're living in Iowa, anywhere close to Iowa, it blows, right? And it will continue to blow because that's what the wind does. It's this extraordinarily powerful force and yet it doesn't change. It always goes back again. We can always count that the wind is going to blow. 
He says in verse 7, all streams flow into the sea, yet the sea is never full. All of these powerful forces, he says, to the place the streams come from, there they return again. Do you sense that we can gain a whole lot? We can have incredible power. We could be the king of our own universe. Uh, We could be the absolute hero. And yet everything seems to be unchanging. No one. No one gains so much as to be able to write their own ending. Have you ever noticed how often we forget things. I found this the other day. Uh, Maybe it's just a history of medicine. I want to read it to you. This real quick history of medicine just to show that maybe nothing actually changes as we think it might. In 2000 B.C., a doctor might say this. If you came to him and said, I have a headache, he might say, here, eat this root. In 1000 A.D., the doctor might say, that root is heathen. Don't eat it. Here, say this prayer. In 1850, the doctor, if you came and said, I have a headache, it says, he might say, that prayer is superstition. Drink this potion. In 1940, if you came to the doctor and you said, I have a headache, uh, he might say, that potion is snake oil. Here, swallow this pill. In 1985, if you came to your doctor and said, hey, I I have a headache, what should I do? He, He might say, that pill is ineffective. Here, take this antibiotic. In 2017, you might come to the doctor and he might tell you, that antibiotic is artificial. Here, take this root. Everything comes around again. And in verse 3, in verse 3, He says, what does a man gain from all his labor? What does he get from toiling under the sun? He says, generations come and go, but the earth remains forever. Oh, there's going to be kingdoms, and there's going to be kings, and there's going to be heroes, and there's going to be a rise to their power, but ultimately, all of them are going to fall. Look at verse 11. None of us get to decide how we're remembered. There is no remembrance of men of old, and even those who are yet to come will not be remembered by those who follow. You and I will never amass so much power that when we're gone, we get to decide how we're remembered. Uh, Little quiz, okay? Are you ready for this? You guys like quizzes uh, because I give quizzes all the time. I'm just assuming that because I give them, you like them. What was the number one song in the 70s? Anybody know? The number one song, all the the decade of the 70s. Some of you know the 70s better than others. The 70s. You Light Up My Life by Debbie Boone. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was right on the tip of my tongue. I mean, we are talking about someone in the music world who was the hero, right? Like 10 weeks at number one was this song in the 70s. 
Oh, yeah, all of us, all of us knew that one. All right, maybe that was too far back. Maybe that's unfair. Let's go to the 80s. What was the number one song in the 1980s? Spent more time at number one than any other song in the 1980s. Anybody know? Anybody? Okay. Physical by Olivia Newton-John. Oh, yeah, everybody knew that one. I mean, we jumped a decade. I gave you another chance. Okay, 90s, everybody. Okay, 90s. Okay, it wasn't that long ago we were in the 90s, okay? Bear with me. It wasn't that long ago. Number one song. Spent more time at number one than any other song in the 90s. Anybody, anybody remember? Anybody? Here it is. One Sweet Day by Mariah Carey and Boys to Men. Spent more time at number one than any other song in the 90s. Now, why do I bring that up? They were the kings. They were the heroes. I mean, they spent more time in 10-year period than anybody else in the entire music industry. They gave their lives to the song. And we can't remember. All the power, all the fame, all the posters, all the sellout concerts, and none of us remember who they were. We don't get the power. We don't get the surplus in life to write our own ending. Uh, several months ago, I got to go to L.A., and we were in Hollywood. It was in the evening. Uh, we were there on Hollywood Boulevard, and there's Ford Theater, okay? Uh, Ford Theater is where they have the Oscars. It's where, like, all the limos pull up. It's the red carpet, and all the, you know, all the people, and all the dresses, and all the tuxes, and all the photographs, right? Everybody with me? Right, so I was standing right there, and I was like pretending in my head, just in my head now, right? Like, whoa, I am walking down. I am, I'm going to go get the Oscar, okay? And then, and then on the pillars, you have to walk up like six flights of stairs. It's a long ways. You actually walk down the red carpet and then up the bunch of stairs into the theater. And going into the theater, there's all these pillars, one pillar after another. And it has, it has the best picture of the year since they've started keeping the best picture. Every year. Right? So way back to the early, early turn of the 20th century in the 1900s. Every year they had the best picture of the year. Like the movie that was king on the pillar. And I did not know 99% of those movies. I mean, they were the kings of the movie industry for that year. And I did not know them. How many of you can name all the presidents of the United States? How many of you know all the Supreme Court justices? Ah. How many of you can name every Super Bowl champion and the quarterback for that team? How many of you can name 
all, and maybe in just the last 10 or 20 years, the homecoming queen at your high school where you went? Anybody? No. You can't. You see, it really doesn't matter how much you gain. Because, because none of us gain so much that we get to write our own ending. You see, death has no zip code. It has no account balance. It has no color. Death ultimately will visit all of us. And so none of us gain so much that the castles that we built are not torn down by the tide. What is it that you will gain? The author of Ecclesiastes says, the best you can hope for is a puff of smoke. So what is it that we do, right? Do we go out of here today going, oh, that was really uplifting. Do we just stop making goals for ourselves? Do we stop living going, oh, well, I guess, you know, life's meaningless, so I'll just wait till the end. I think you have a choice, and I think the choice comes down to worship. Will I worship self, or will I worship God? You see, if we desire to gain so that we might have a surplus to manipulate our own end and try and control that ultimately we can't have anyway, it's a chasing after the wind, if we decide to worship self, we will constantly be in a comparison game for the rest of our life. Uh, let's just say that for a moment that you are the hero, that you are the king, that you are the person on top of the heap. How long do you get to stay there? Are you going to be as relevant as those who also want to be king? Are you going to be able to keep up with those who are coming after you that are younger than you? That maybe are smarter than you? That maybe are more technologically advanced than you are? How long are you going to be king? How long are you going to be the hero? Oh, you can worship self. You can decide that you want other people to come and look like you and act like you and talk like you, to be more like you. You can say, I want people to treat me like I treat God. Or you can say, I will worship God. And in the reality of my life as it is right now, I will accept my life as a gift from the Lord. And I will say that all of my goals, all of my goals in life will be in keeping with the reality of the life that God has given me right now. Not the one I wish it would be. Not the one that I want. Not somebody else's life. No, that I will worship God by saying, Lord, I accept the life that you have given me now. And if I am an athlete, I will be the very best athlete that I can. And Lord, if, if I am a person who, 
who has a capacity for knowledge, then I will do that the very best that I can. And if I know technology, then Lord, help me to do that really well. And if I know fishing, or if I know farming, or if I know preaching, or if I have an opportunity because you have set before me an opportunity to teach, then I will do that. And I will enjoy today the reality of my life, God, that you have given me. And in doing that, I will worship you. Because nobody, nobody, no matter how much you gain, gets to write your own ending. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your word. I pray that it speaks deeply to us. And Lord, I pray that we will decide today to worship you. And Father, I confess before all my brothers and sisters in Christ, I confess that there has been times where I have wanted somebody else's life, where I've wanted opportunities that someone else got and I didn't, that I've been envious, that I've been jealous, that I wish that I could be the one that other people are looking to instead of someone else. So Father, in my heart of hearts this morning, I confess to you that and I repent and I come to you. I turn around and I face you and I say, Lord, I accept the life that you've given. And Lord, I pray that you help me to stay there. Help me to stay there in the reality of the life that you have given me. And do the very best that I can there. And not worry about trying to gain outside of what you've given. Lord, I pray for all those in this room. That we will thank you for the life that we have. And not worry about the life that we don't. Love you, Lord. Thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.